Hello, everybody. Welcome to R&R. Here we are, Remnant Revealed, Rest and Relaxation. So, um, hey, Rick, how you doing today? I'm doing good. <laughs> good. That's ready awesome. to get this on. It, yeah, me too. Um, you know, our first one went over uh, went over very well. Yeah. So I'm excited about this one, talking about uh, life and copper life. Uh, you know, we love our law enforcement officers. Thank God for them every day and their wives and their children and their husbands and their children and their significant uh, loving partners and people in their life and their families. You know, it really is a family affair. Yeah, it really is. <clears throat> you know, you have the officer that leaves every day or night to go to work, uh, but, you know, the families that send them out there, that's one of the things we say, you know, the families loan them to the communities. They really do. And know that they've <clears throat> signed this blank check that can be uh, cashed in at any time. And so, you know, those, uh, I heard uh, <clears throat> a group of police wa- police wives once saying that the greatest sound to them is the sound of the Velcro of their husband's vest when they're back home and they're taking off taking that body it off, armor. Yeah. They know that they're back home and safe. That's always yeah. kind of stuck with me because as officers, you don't think about that, right? No, because it's just your everyday. You're just doing it your everyday uh, right. part of your life that you do. But to your family members and to your children and your uh, and your spouse, that's a great sound. That means mama or daddy's home. Yeah. Finally. Yeah. And home. They, and you, safe. Makes you think they kind of hold their breath while you're gone. Well, there's no doubt they do that. Right. Um, you know, my wife's dad was killed in the line of duty and, uh, when she was eight years old. And so talking with her, being, living with her for 32 years has been a great learning experience on that side of the survivorship. Um, but also hearing her talk about looking for her dad to come home. And of course the traumatic part that happened when she was looking for him to come home uh, and he didn't come home and then every day she was looking for him to come home she was very very close to him mm-hmm. he he called her his little songbird uh, so there were some issues with the other children and all that and with his wife but with her uh, he was very very close to her for some reason he just saw her uh, differently in some light or that's that's how she remembers it you don't ever know really with some of the traumatic memories or, you know, the traumatic shock, what happened to all the memories. but And it was so important to her to know Dad was coming home yeah. and what that sound of the door closing or his car door closing meant that he was safe and at home. I think that's something the community at large never thinks about, about officers' families. Right. Is they are, yeah they 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 perform this great service and calling to the community, but there's a wife or a husband, there are children that are at home, uh, maybe even sleeping through the night like you and you know like normal non shift working people do, uh, or day shift working people do. You know, you get to sleep at night while officers are out on duty at night. Mm-hmm dealing with the worst of the worst, the most wicked, evil people you've ever, oh my gosh, you've ever, 
you, you've ever thought about. You, you can look in their eyes. And if you don't believe this, if you're watching this today, you don't believe this, I guarantee you this is a real deal. You can look in their eyes and you know they are really, truly manifesting a demonic spirit. These evil people, they're, they're past just doing something rebellious or lawless in a way. They are pure, possessed by demon evil people. And they do things that the most, I mean, human minds just can't comprehend. You can't even go there in your mind. You don't even think that way, right, until you have to deal with the case or deal with that human that does these horrible things. Well, a law enforcement officer has to deal with that every day. Right. I mean, for 8 to 12 hours a day, depending on their shift, right? They have to deal with that human, that person, over and over and over again as they work through their case, maybe even go to court, have to testify or prepare their case that they're preparing or helping the um, helping the prosecutor's office make sure the case is where it needs to be. And they have to look or see that person or deal with that person on and off throughout those days and see that evil over and over and over again. Uh, they have to see crime scene photos over and over and over again to make sure that they're, they have the evidence and the facts they need to close that case. They have to interview that person maybe multiple times, maybe multiple times over some years, right, to close that case. They have to deal with that evilness day in and day out their family of course they try to shield from that and protect they don't want their children you know one of the things that I've dealt with with spouses a lot and children sometimes especially teenage children well dad never tells us what 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 goes on or mom never tells us what's happening on the job and I think they would just feel better if they could talk about that and I have to tell them, well, sweetheart, the, the, the issue here is, is they're trying to protect you from that. That's the stuff they're trying to protect your life from. They don't want you to see what they see every day because it is that bad. Right. And, and you may think you want to see a crime scene or you may think you want to see people that are like that. Let me tell you, you won't, you, you won't want to do that but once because after you do, you know you've changed, Right. And it speaks so deeply to the character of these men and women that do this job that their heart is not only to protect, excuse me, I'm trying not to get, you're looking at me, it gets me. Their heart is not only to protect the community. They also love their wife and their children. They don't want them to see that, even if they're the one telling the story. Well, you said something uh Real interesting right there, which is you only have to see it once and it changes you, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the great challenge in what we do as a profession. And for all of our officers out there that are listening, you know, not just in the Midwest region where we're at, but right. all over this country, there is no doubt that you start out one way in the profession and you somewhere in there there's a transformation. Well you got that honeymoon period. Right? right. But you Gung hit that you hit that transformation and it does change you. And so that's the question. That's the challenge. How do you keep that from changing who you really are, who you 
changing your heart, right? And right. it comes back to this this question about character and you know in the last um podcast that we had episode that we had that's how we ended it was talking about this quote circumstances don't dictate your character they reveal it right the circumstances that we're surrounded by don't speak to who we are what we are what we're about although many people will try to make it that way right the circumstances don't dictate our character they reveal it meaning how we respond to the circumstances is what really speaks to our character the what's so important and i think the the power of these discussions in this podcast is they also provide you the opportunity right right to refine and develop your character so i guess mm, that's good. with that that's that's the uh that's the good news <clears throat> right. in the whole situation is that even if you feel like you have flawed character or you have made mistakes, you have the opportunity to refine and develop the character within you. I guess my question for you is, you know, whose character? Whose character is it that we are displaying? Is it really our own? Or what is what is or who is the character that should be revealed? Well, I... I I think one of our verses we read last time was uh, guard your heart with all due diligence for out of it flows the issues of life, right? Right. So when we talk about guarding our heart or putting a guard around our heart, you know, law enforcement officers, are they they do secondary work or part-time, what they call part-time, or, or maybe even their, during their full-time work, um, they're part of dignitary protection. You know, by the way, to some of these uh, politicians and people who say uh, don't fund the police and do all this stuff, and yet they all, they, they're they using the police for dignitary protection. I'm sorry, that's a that's a soapbox. That's my own little soapbox, but that, that kind of irks me and gets me a little bit. Uh, they're, doing, they're doing guard work. They're guarding someone, right? Right. Every night or every shift, they're guarding the city, mm-hmm. you might say. They're dealing with, during the day, the afternoon, midnight shift, um, late shift, late tack, they're, they're dealing with guarding the city. Um, they're protecting the city from evil that would encroach upon the innocent or those who are in the city that are just trying to live their life and go about every day and sleep and do what they do. The same principle is true for you as an individual. When the Bible says you have to guard your heart, it means you got to put a sentry around your heart because even though you start out wanting to do the best and wanting to do character, high character level things from your heart, if you don't guard your heart, your heart can be infected or affected even by what you do on a regular basis. Now, if we're talking about law enforcement, if you're guarding your heart, you're going to hit a place after you get out of uh, the academy and you're on the street for a while, you're going to hit a place where you literally question everything that you said you joined the police department and went through all the academy, you're going to question everything about yourself and why you're doing what you're doing. 
mess with the mind of the officer. And I guess what we're attempting to do here is to take these challenges of the profession and look at them through the lens from a biblical point of view, right? Yep. And, 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 and what I have found, and you have helped greatly with <clears throat> this, is to say you have the ability to take what you're facing and place it through the Word, and what does the Word say about that? And that is, of course, the, the sentry and the guard of your heart. When your mind is going crazy, thinking outside what you have always known or felt to be the truth, your heart can be solid as the rock of Gibraltar because of the founding principles of God's Word if it's hidden in your heart. Your heart speaks. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth even speaks. Your heart's talking. So when your mind starts asking you questions about your character, your heart will reveal what your mind is looking for if the answer's in your heart. So most officers who would be watching us right now would probably push pause or rewind and listen to what you just said again because... Most officers spend more time guarding their heart from everything they're seeing and experiencing, but also guarding it away from everybody as well. They don't want you to know the inner, the inner person, the inner heart of them. Uh, so they put up these walls, these defenses, sure. these yeah. appearances, if you will, right. in the days of masking up all the time, right? Right. Oftentimes our officers have been walking around with masks <clears throat> for many years right? The mask of the officer. And right. oftentimes they fail to take that off when they go home as well. Uh, that's exactly right. And right? so they become very guarded even around. Now I'm not talking about guarding their family from the issues of their day. Right. Um, again, there's a, there's, there's a difference in guarding your heart so that evil doesn't penetrate and get in and guarding your heart from all those who love you and that are for you and around you. So that wall can work two different ways. That wall can go up and keep evil out, but it also can make you a prisoner if you're not careful. And that's what I was going to say, right, yeah. is it starts to act as the barrier from you extending your heart when you sh really should be. Yeah. Not only at home, but then there's that transformation on the job as well where right. you start to get the jaded, crusty <clears throat> copper out there, right, Right. who isn't going to be at least appear as sensitive to folks in the community on runs and whatnot because they're guarding their heart from all the tragedy they've been exposed to all these right. years. And that's a natural human response if you don't have any other resources or tools right. to work through that. Right. And again, I think that's where we have fallen short as a profession is we don't talk <clears throat> about that spiritual aspect. Yeah. I've never heard anyone spend a lot of time in a police training academy telling new recruits this job is going to change your heart and this is how you keep that from occurring here's how you guard the heart that's right, right. yeah that's good they're now today telling you how to guard your mind right. which is great and a great step forward but they're still not really talking about this issue of the spirit as much as uh, i think they probably should because what we're going to find is ultimately that's the heart of the matter. That's exactly right.
That's the heart of the matter. So one of the things that we talked about, uh, you know, that I think it's important to understand. So how does this podcast come about, right? We, we, uh, you and I, for years now, have been working through uh, locally uh, this this approach uh, with officers throughout Central Indiana. Right. Of taking some time, push and pause. I've described it as like preventative maintenance, right? Right. Uh, um, you know, uh, tell officers it's like going and getting your oil changed. Come in, get your oil changed. Uh, we call it Code Three here. Right. Uh, code Three means something different in every part of the country, right? Yeah. Out west, it may mean uh, an emergency response with lights and sirens and everything. Right. Here, Code Three means taking a break. Take a break. And right. so we do Code Three, but you know, <clears throat> you could call it whatever you want. Remnant revealed, perhaps. But uh, is the opportunity to, t- to push pause and, and take these challenges and find resources and tools to work through those. And if you're talking about heart issues, you're talking about issues of the spirit. Um, this is an opportunity that we are taking within this podcast of doing it through, again, a biblical perspective. I think it's important that we have that discussion. Why are we utilizing this as our roadmap versus other resources? Well, because this is the word of life. This is a living book. It grows, it flourishes, it lives in you. Uh, it, you, you can read this book, as I have, four or five times a year, every year for many, many years, and still go back through it, and it's alive. But many officers may— And it's the word of God. Again, they may have religion all through their lives, perhaps, or none at all. right. But even if they've been, even if they've been in a church, grew up right. in a church, whatever, oftentimes they're going to say that's some old book <clears throat> that doesn't have anything to do with the here and now today. They toss it to the side, or they say, "How does this apply to anything I'm doing in policing, especially in this day and age?" Well, I would make the challenge, uh, crack the book before you make those statements, um, because your evidence is not correct. Right. So. Um, as I told uh, one old copper many uh, years ago, you know, I got in this car and and he said, "Well, you you people are weak, you know, you preachers, you're weak and you're soft and and uh, it didn't take anything to do what you do." And I said, "Oh, really?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "Well, no, it's actually the reverse. You know, actually, this is the toughest thing of life." Well, I'll prove it to him. I said, "Okay. Well, from now on until the end of shift." Do not utter one curse word. Mm-hmm. Uh, James says that if you can rule your tongue, the book of James says if you can rule your tongue, then uh, you're strong enough to rule your whole body. So come on, big boy. Show me just exactly how tough you are. You spend all shift without saying one curse word like I do, and we'll see who's tough. He laughed, you know. He's mm-hmm. a wonderful guy. Please right. don't misunderstand and we are, we were precious, precious friends. And uh, he said, "All right, you're on. I'll show you. You know, preacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Challenge accepted." Yeah, yeah. He said, "I'll show you, blankety blank." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just as soon as he said that, and I went, eh, "You just failed." Right. You weren't even strong enough to last to put the car in the drive. Right. No, 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 no. That's not fair. You got. You can. You can start the time yet. In other words, he realized a man that is able to not just rule his body or rule his mind, but is also able to rule his heart, Mm -hmm. see, 
Mm -hmm. Now, that's a strong man. So when you start dealing with issues of the heart, a lot of times people want to kind of shy away from that because you're dealing with things at too deep a level. Yeah. They want to stay shallow. But your true strongest individuals are people who are willing to deal with things heart, mind, and body. Right. And so, you know, this verse in Ephesians chapter chapter 4, now I will, I will tell you this too. Human beings, we're, we're something else, man. First thing Adam did when he sinned and God called him on it is he put the blame on somebody else. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's kind the of funny. The woman you gave the me. The woman you gave me. And it's <laughs> kind of funny that Eve didn't say, yeah, you're right, Lord. Man, she turned around and pointed the finger at the devil, right. at, at, at the serpent, right? And we've been doing that ever since. We've been passing the blame. Even officers, even people who uphold the law, when they're dealing with things of their own life and character, are very, very quick to pass the blame. So you're saying things that are occurring today are the same as what was occurring at the beginning of time, the all, very beginning of this old ancient very, book? Thank you very much. Wow. Humans, humans haven't changed at all. As a matter, you know, when people say, well, we're, I love this word, people say, oh, the progressives are at it again. Uh, let me tell you something. We've been digressing since Eden mm-hmm. and digressing since Adam and Eve, since the beginning of the human race. We're, we're not progressing. So, and I think that's an important point here, right? Because I, I can just tell you, that's the way I was. Right? I, w- I thought it's a bunch of thee and thou who yeah. art and everything else and I you know I couldn't make sense heads or tails of it or whatnot one thing that greatly assisted me was getting a translation that right. others had verified were correct right uh, in their translation their interpretation right uh, but that I could better understand more easily understand and see how it would it spoke to my current circumstances and in you know you you get into a book like Proverbs and you find, oh my gosh, these are rules to live by for life that not to confine you, but to, to help you, you know, expand and set you free. Exactly. Exactly. Give you wisdom, know what to do about life. And it's the greatest loss I think out there because it is until someone has somebody that they trust say, Hey, just don't take my word for it. Just take a look at this. So when you say the book of Ephesians, if we have officers that maybe don't even have a Bible, right, or they do and they've never cracked it open, it's covered in dust and they got to wipe it off, right? How how do they steer their way around in here and find what you're talking about? Well, uh, so again, for, they don't don't take your word about it; they can go and read it for themselves. Sure. Uh, first of all, there is a there's a table of contents in the front of your Bible, and it lists all the books of the Bible and where they're found. Uh, the Old Testament, which was uh, through the Jewish nation of Israel, it's in the front. And then the last section, there's a 66 books in the entire Bible. The last section is the New Testament. Um, I like to call it the New Will and Testament of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and and it, Ephesians is one of the books in the New Testament. The New Testament isn't a rewriting of the Bible. It's a continuant from the start to the finish. 
of what God has said and his love affair with man. God loves us. He loves who we're, he loved his creation. God's not, he, he doesn't just want to kill you and destroy you. He loves you. He wants you and me to learn about him, know about him, know about how he thinks, know about what he feels. Uh, the Holy Spirit has feelings. He can be grieved. He is the spirit of joy. The Bible says the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, right? So God's not withdrawn from you and me. He, he's here. He's with us. He's here at our invitation. He's here. He, he's on the scene of every situation when we ask him to be. So much like for an officer, if they were looking at a section in their criminal code book, they would get exactly. a, 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 a chapter, a title, a chapter, uh, and a section to go right. and look at, to look that law up or that. Absolutely. Right? Or a union. You know, it, I, I worked with steel workers for many years uh, as, a, as a supervisor, and of course we had a, a contract, right? Right. It was like almost 400 pages. I mean, it was huge. And, and, of course, they had subsection A with paragraph B, I mean, lined out, and you had to go or make reference to those, uh, those places in the contract whenever you were dealing with a, a grievance or whatever you were handling with a, uh, with a grievance man or dealing with a, a code violation or whatever you were handling, just like the law book that they deal with. The difference with the Bible, when we talk about the law, is that the Bible isn't just all, see, that's the way some people treat like the Old Testament, like it's just all law, right? It's not just all law. It's an instruction book. Right. It also tells, it's not just about what you can't do. It also tells you how to do or operate with relationships, the earth, each other, things, problems, issues that arise. What happens if somebody borrows your, you know, your, your, your Bronco, and they accidentally crash it. What should they do? How should they handle it? That's in the Bible. Yeah, it may use terms in that day that were the vehicles of their day, but it's extremely relevant to where we are today. You know, my dad taught me that if you borrowed something from someone and you used it, you returned it in better condition than and you got it. Then you got it. Same for That's me. in the Bible. Right. Do you know... My dad taught me that if you I borrowed I thought that just came from my dad. No. Right? Well, it came from your dad, but it came from your heavenly dad. Exactly. Through the person of your humanly dad. Right. That's why your earthly father has so much to do with how you view your heavenly father. Hmm. And that's one of the reasons, you know, that I do what I do and have for all of my life. Or that I pastor a church called the Father's House because... I'm trying to help people who didn't have a father or didn't have a good relationship understand what fatherhood's really like. This book, you mentioned Proverbs. I always taught my sons and every officer that I've ever been around and, and you, you read a proverb to know how to walk with man. You read a psalm to know how to walk with God. Hmm. A day, a proverb, a day to know how to walk with man, the wisdom, principles of walking with men. A psalm a day to know how to worship, walk with, and the heart of God. So if you do that 
throughout your life, every day, 365 days a year, I promise you with all my heart, you'll reach places in your life where you'll just understand people, understand what you need to do. I don't know how any officer wants to do this job without knowing God. See, and I think that's that's something to consider, right? What we're talking about right now may seem very basic to you, to somebody in the faith, whatever the case may be. But if you have an officer out there who has never really utilized this in sure. any way sure. related to what they do, or to better understand what it is that they're experiencing and going through, right. and how to maintain or develop their character in a direction that benefits all of us. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, the, the, they don't even know how to get started. And the thing that I love about the concept of doing this podcast, again, is that maybe an officer and anonymity can sit and watch this right. without anybody knowing or knowing right. that they don't know what they don't right. know. And maybe we could just help get them jump-started into at least, like you said, cracking this book open sure. and seeing blowing the dust out and seeing what might be in here that could be of use to them. Well, you know, one of the things that that every officer knows to fall back on and is reminded by their old crusty sergeant or a lieutenant over and over and over again, whether you're playing basketball on a high school basketball team or football in a college football game or in a professional Super Bowl, a coach is going to look at you and say, gentlemen, don't forget about the basics. Right. Back don't to f- basics. Back to basics. Um, don't forget about the basics. Don't forget when you're talking with people, the distance that's between you. Don't, because sometimes we can get very comfortable and think because we've progressed in years or experiences that the basics aren't important anymore. We just we already have those down, right? Right. Um, in in teaching martial the, arts for many many the years, the trap of assuming. That's the trap of assuming. You you did the basics over and over and over and over and over for days and days and days and hours and hours and years and years. Uh, actually, your you know your black belt was your first degree black belt was the fact that you knew the basics so well and could teach them to others. And then, you know, and then you had certain parts of the testing and all that that you had to go through. When we talk about the basics, I don't mind talking about the basics because that's where everybody starts. And even if you have been using this book for many, many years, it's sometimes a refresher for you to get back to the basics because maybe what's going on in your life right now, uh, the answer is where you left it. You you have been in your Bible for years, but all of a sudden you've forgotten about reading it. You've forgotten about the encouragement that's in there. I know officers right now in the United States of America that have felt the pressure and the abundant stress of our current climate that I have had to look in their eyes. And I, and I knew it. The minute I looked at them, I said, have you been in your Bible lately? And you see that you see that look on their face, they're like, no. Well, I think if you would be, you will find strength. God knows every place you are. He knows what you're going through. And God 
hasn't forgotten to be God in the middle of whatever crisis we're in. He's still God. Get back to the basics. I love what you just said. Get back to the basics. And it's not a matter of just, it's not like trying to convert somebody to something or, or drive them to, a, again, a religion, because that's what everybody's no, going to be scared No, it's relationship. Of. Oh, here's churchy church. They're <clears throat> trying to convert. They're trying. That's not the case at all. Right. Here is something that many have found <laughs> to be a great resource, a great tool, a great aid in walking through life, let alone when you throw in. How about millions? Wait a minute. Because sometimes when we say things like you just said, people in their mind, because of who's around them currently at the moment, they, they start knowing, well, I don't know if he is. Well, I know he is, but he's. But I don't know about her. And I, let, let me just say this. The, the things that you and I are talking about, millions of people, millions of people know, understand, and live by daily. Just so we're... So, so we're clear, this is not a hundred people that read their Bible. Let's make it very abundantly clear. Mm. Millions of people, millions of people do this daily. You're in a large group, a large family, a large group of people that handle this book every day. Well, I'm putting my glasses on that you make fun of <clears throat> so I can see this. Well, but it's just because when you put them on, your eyes get really, really big. <laughs> uh, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a graphic. It's an image. And but he- here's the point: is is even if you go by that, you're saying millions of people. It's also the number one purchased book, published book in the world, and the number one most scrutinized literary manuscript in the world with the fewest ever found mistakes or errors in translation, just so you know. Now, take this on top of all that, these books, The Diary of Anne Frank, Think and Grow Rich, Gone with the Wind, The Twilight Saga, (laughs) The Da Vinci Code, The Alchemist, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, and quotations from Chairman Mao Zedong Tung. All those books. Wait a minute. What? Just hold on. All those books combined, combined, is still less than the number of millions of copies of the Holy Bible that's been printed and distributed. Yes. Yes. And all of those. That's amazing. Well, again, that should just speak to, might be something you want to check out. Might be. Right? And, and, And it's amazing to me that, that. People try to drive it out of entire nations around the world have for much, I mean, historically known to drive it out. And yet, at the same time, people hunger, remnants of people hunger to have that book called the Bible brought into them and given to them because they know it produces life and freedom. Now, one of the reasons dictators hate the Bible, and I'm going to tell you right now, it's not because people are going to come in and proselytize. They hate the Bible because the Bible speaks of and brings about a heart of freedom to people that they want to keep bound and and, and imprisoned 
<clears throat> in their own country. So they don't want the gospel preached. And they don't want this book read because this book creates a heart that hungers for freedom. So I believe there might be a verse in here that says, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there, there is freedom, freedom or liberty. Yeah. And that came from this book. Yeah. And if you're a law enforcement officer, please understand that there is in this book the law of liberty and life comes from this book. It's a character-developing book. Hmm. It, it, it will hold you greater than any other book on the planet. It will hold you in accountability and a depth of character that no other manuscript will do. All of them will give you an out to mm. do other things so in life. if we're talking about the opportunity to refine and develop <clears throat> character, this could be an instruction book, an owner's manual, and how to do that. Let, let me read a couple of scriptures out of it. Let me, let me okay. show you what I'm talking about. So you said Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4, okay. verse 23 says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Not, not just in the thoughts of your mind, but the spirit of your mind. Where's the spirit? We would call that your heart, right? Right. All right. Uh, that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Do you know that officers, detectives... Uh, people who do drug interdiction, uh, childbirth, all that, they never, ever have an issue with people who are operating in righteousness and true holiness. True holiness. Just think about that. <clears throat> well, why are you at my door, sir? Well, we've come to arrest you because you're a good person. Right. Because you're righteous in what you do. You, we're We're... We're pulling you over today. We're going to arrest you because you are truly a holy person. Man, you do so many good things, and you think so many good thoughts, and your heart is pure, and we're going to take you to jail because you're such a good person. That is not. Even Romans chapter 13 says that those, those who do this great work of law enforcement do not do this work to those who are righteous and good, uh, they're dealing with evildoers. So you're saying there's a chapter in this book that talks about law enforcement. Romans chapter 13 is a great one. Absolutely. Hmm. So he says, uh, wherefore, putting away lying, do officers ever deal with people who are lying? Do officers seek the truth? Right. Put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. For we are members one of another. So character, deepening your character means that you're a truth seeker. It means that your heart longs for the truth. It's one of the things I love about police officers is they really are truth seekers. You, you think about how many cases that officers do. I think here we had, what, 100, excuse me, we had a million calls last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. One million calls 1 million officer intervention moments in our city. That's just in this city. A million citizen police encounters. 1 million citizen police encounters, right? Correct. Of those police encounters, um, how many times do you think that that 
officer had to deal with the issue of lying or telling the truth. Numerous. Right. Right. Hundreds of thousands of times. Deepening the character of our lives says that we are truth seekers. Now, you can be a truth seeker. I found this to be very true in ministry, in law enforcement, in everything. You can be a truth seeker in what you do on your job, but not be totally honest with your heart about other things, even about yourself. You can be a truth seeker on your job to look to help others, but not be a truth seeker when it comes to needing help yourself or getting the help you need yourself, right? So when you see an officer and you ask them how they're doing and they say, I'm living the dream, <laughs> it's that more, might not be completely the... Well, some might be living the dream. Some might be living the nightmare. nightmare. That's, That's right. right. That's right. So, so you know, you can... I, there was a um, wonderful, wonderful man of God. His name was Dr. Hicks, and I got this from my uh, father in the faith, Dr. Barclay, but he would say this little poem. He'd say, two men lie beneath my breast. One is cursed and one is blessed. One I love, one I hate. The one I feed will dominate. You can literally be a man or a woman with two natures that 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 fight each other. One lurks behind the other. You have one that you present to everybody else, and then you have one that you really are. True character is not necessarily what you reveal to everybody else. It's actually what you really are. A lot of times we present a certain thing out front, but on the inside, we know that we have these issues in our life that we're not willing to deal with. So I think one of the things that I find is that an officer would say, well, if you're talking about character and refining and developing it, you know, I'm a flawed person. I make mistakes. I make bad choices. I do what, just like you're saying, uh, you know, While I'm out here faithfully serving day in and day out, my home life's not good. You know, I've I've fallen on other crutches to overcome the fears, the the uh, depression, the challenges, right? The not not being able to grasp the totality of what I am seeing day in and day out, uh, because it it there is a there's a discord there between mm-hmm. what you think should be happening versus right. how. Sometimes evil and and treacherous things can be. And so they say, you know, so that must mean that I have bad character. I think the the point that I'm trying to drive to is when we say circumstances don't dictate our character, I asked the question at the beginning, whose character? It seems to me that sometimes where we get sideways as law enforcement officers is we put all the pressure on ourselves and our own character to do it alone. Right. And if I just do these different things, that'll fix me and I'll be okay. And time and time again, we fall short of that. And mm-hmm. then we say, well, then that must be something messed up with me, right? I think what's the most revealing thing that some folks can learn is that uh, what if it's a different character, someone else's character you're trying to 
develop within yourself? So again, I would back up to the first verse I read in verse 23, Mm. where he said, and be renewed. So being renewed in the spirit of your mind means that there is a renewal process that can be had daily. But is that renewing your own character or is it does it mean you get a new one it means you you renew you have the power to renew your mind and the spirit of your heart daily within the character of god Hmm. by the holy spirit right there so right there so what i think is the most revealing is that this can show you almost how to get a heart transplant and then it you start refining and renewing right. that, right? Yeah. Um, but see, here's here, here's what I'm trying to make the point of. For many officers, that's a revelation. Nobody has told us that. <laughs> you know, nobody has made clear to us. You know, I've 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 you know I've had people, not just officers, but people in general, say, right, uh, my life is worthless. They're in depression. They're contemplating suicide. Um, Go ahead. I'm keep you know, talking. You uh, know, my life's of no value. Right. What is stunning is when you when you say or you think upon, then give that one up and 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 take on this new one. It, it, if if it, if it's not yours anyways, and you don't care to keep it anyways, why don't you give it to somebody who who will take it, and who will then start to renew and refresh and regenerate the spirit within you. Right. Well, see to, to see. Look at me. You're you're a pastor. You're you're the preacher guy, right? To you, that's right. just like, oh yeah. Well, yeah. Duh. What I'm saying is, for officers, though, I have to do it every day, just like anybody else. Well, they need to hear that. That's because that's where they that's where they lock up the brakes. Say, whoa, wait a minute. You're telling me I can start a new, brand new. I don't think I can fix what's in me, and you're telling me that you're going to take that out and put something completely new in me. Well, see, and and I've had many officers say that to me, to say, um, like they'll they'll say, "Oh man, if I show up at your church, pastor, the it, you know lightning will strike. Well, I'll burn the church down." <laughs> no, you won't. Everybody that shows up at church is a person who started out. If they've accepted Jesus Christ, they started out as a sinner. They started out doing the most horrible things in their heart, their life. The Bible says none are righteous. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That word short or fallen short of the glory of God, uh, that's actually a a phrase with terms that talk about hitting the mark, hitting the bullseye, Mm. right? So it's like uh, you're firing your nine millimeter and there's not enough powder in there and it falls short and you're like, oh my gosh. Or, Or you miss the mark. Another phrase is, you missed the mark, right? How important is that when we're at the range and practicing and, and doing what we need to do to make sure that we're proficient? Um, you missed the mark. Try this one on for size. The officer that there is no mark. See, I've had that conversation before, right? right. We've been shooting at nothing and hitting it every time. Hey, thank you very and much. And then the next thing we know, we're lost. If there's no target. Right? You're not gonna. You're gonna hit exactly what right? you aim. And at. I'm not talking about shooting. I'm talking about your personal. Life. Yeah, yeah, your goals, your objectives. You have none. You're you're not developing. You're not. 
That's the point. And here again, here is an objective. Here is a, a point to reach toward. Yeah. It's not only the the end game, but it's gonna it's the instructions on how to get there as well. Um, and and I think sometimes officers when they see this or you hold this up right or yeah you know, I got this preacher coming in pounding this Bible or whatever right what they see is this is telling me every way in which I'm wrong right but and nobody has taken the time to tell them no no yeah, no, no no this no, tells that's you not what this book is how about. to become right exactly now again. Let's take this back to your instructors at the academy. Let's take this back to the range. You have people on the range that watch over the range, right? Right. They're called instructors. Mm-hmm. Um, range I, master. Range master. I've never, ever, ever seen anybody argue back, fight back, and tell the range master, don't teach me anything. I know it all. Now, I've, I, I'm sure there are some that have tried to do that, which the range master then just kicks you off the range, but because you're dangerous and you're going to get people hurt. But but if you're, if you're out there and let's say you're shooting low and to the left, right, on the range and you're doing your best, uh, you may be doing your best, but the range master comes alongside of you not to point out the bad things that you're doing so you keep doing them, that's condemnation. Mm-hmm. He comes to you or the instructor comes to you and says, listen, you're shooting low and to the left. Let's tweak that. Take your thumb. Press it against the side. Give equal pressure. Mm-hmm. And when you do, when you come up and you shoot, when you do, all of a sudden you start shooting closer to the bullseye. So they're not coming to point out what you've been doing wrong. They're coming to show you adjustments that you can make. How you can do right. To get back on track. Exactly. And that's why God wrote this and put it all down in this book so that you and I aren't sitting down reading. Every, I wouldn't read it if all I read was how I'm doing horribly wrong and he's just mad at me all the time. Man, I read this because he says this is the adjustment you can make. Listen to this. When we talk about the character of God working in us, this is the Holy Spirit that God said, I'm sending into you, into your heart, into your life, that you can trust him and live your life with him exuding through you, coming out of you. Again, I want to challenge you on this, right? Challenge me. Because any copper sitting out there going, wait a minute, this Holy Spirit thing, I'm not, you know, this, that, whatever, what kind of who do who do stuff as this but yet they will wholeheartedly talk about the warrior spirit the right. spirit of the officer <clears throat> the spirit of the of the defender the guardian of the peace all these don't other ever, things listen don't ever go back then in any historical way and talk about one example of any officer you ever knew of any old sergeant that befriended you and tried to help you that you now do things like don't ever go because that's not fair. That's out of bounds. You shouldn't do that. That's wrong. Hmm. Don't ever go back historically and look at any of the warriors of old and say, man, they had the heart. I want to have a heart like that because that's wrong. You shouldn't ever do that. Um, again, when we talk about God who has been, he, he's timeless all you're doing is you're going back as far as you can go. You know, the Bible says that God is a man of war. He's, he's a God of war. 
he understands warrant not because he wanted to, but because he he had to deal with it even in heaven. God is he he understands what we deal with on this planet. Well, and here's the other thing to remember: uh, a, a general said this once, right? It's the warrior who hates war the most. Absolutely. Why? Because they know most what is what at risk. The, that's right. The price that's paid. That's it. For for men uh, to uh, to fight each other. Correct. Absolutely. And so you're saying that, but when you're saying that Holy Spirit, you're really saying it's the Spirit of God. Exactly. What's in this Word? Yeah. That character that can be that's implanted in your into heart. you, and He will teach you mm. and guide you through this written word how to function in this earth with his presence just like you would function on your job with the spirit of that sergeant or that person that taught you or were with you in basic training or was one of the people fallen officers fallen officers exactly and there we just got you know their example, their spirit. Absolutely. We hold up, we lift up, we talk yeah. about, right? Uh, but you know what's interesting in that, coincidentally, and I know we're running out of time, but is their example is consistent with the sacrifice that was made for all of us in this book. Exactly. And see, when I hear things like that, that's when I say, I want to know more about that. Yeah. And I think that's the way most officers are. Yeah. You're telling me that's all in this? Yeah. And then some. In a big way. Uh, and then, boy, you start driving into this. But, again, I think it's just getting some officers over that hump of, I don't, I don't even know that I want to touch that thing, right? And then yeah. once I do, how do I navigate it, right? Right. I think it's very important that we get back to basics and we just talk about that. Well, again, just like you did when you were coming to the police academy, you didn't know everything about law enforcement work. You still don't. You've got to take it one day at a time. You still fall back on the manuals, but the criminal you up, code book. Absolutely. And the you have SOPs. To, and you don't remember everything. You mm-hmm. gotta go back and refresh yourself. But you all started somewhere. Mm-hmm. Every one of us starts somewhere and that's at the beginning. You're if you think you can start in the middle and move from the middle forward, you're gonna you're not gonna get what you need to get. You have to start at the beginning. If you think you can start halfway through the academy, as though you started at the beginning of the academy, there are those who are going to look at you and say, I'm sorry, but we don't allow that here. you got to start where everybody starts, and that's the beginning. Right. we got to tear you down to build you back up. Thank you. And then again, you also have to make it all the way through. Right. Again, don't quit halfway through and then act like you made it all the way through and 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 you and you did it uh no that's you, then you're called impersonating <laughs> so um when when they use yeah, the term good. impersonating an officer that means you may have some habits like one you may have found some equipment like one but you cheated mm-hmm. you didn't go through what you were supposed to go through and learn what you were supposed to learn and pay the price to wear that badge, that shield, to be who you say you are. So we're going to get into talking about 
becoming the reality of what this is. Not That's play, exactly right. Not playing, not impersonating no. what this says, but actually becoming what this says you were created to be. You were created to be. To be. That's Whoa. right. Whoa. And so I know with officers, I mean, we've spent this time talking about this character issue and really whose character it is that we're right. talking about. Yeah. Um, we're at the end of our time here, but in this, the next time we speak, I think for most officers, any good officer, any good detective, I brought my cup here with the yeah. quote on it. I don't know if you can see it or not, but it's a quote from President Ronald Reagan that says, trust, we're asking people to trust what's in here. But his quote was, trust but verify. verify. And what's key for any copper is don't take our word for what we're talking about. Trust what we're saying. Trust us enough to go to this and book verify. and verify everything that's being said. That's right. And I don't think it's going to steer them wrong. I think it's going to, uh, to really help uh, restore this profession. And when we restore this profession, I think... It starts to restore this country, our communities our community, that are right. so fractured right now. Yeah. You know what's what's funny is when people talk to me and say, oh, well, that's really good. You're really helping my life. I may not quote a scripture and verse to them, but everything that I say that helps them, I get every day from this book. So this book has been helping cops for a very long time. I know many other chaplains, many other priests that help a lot of coppers, a lot of military men and women. And, and I'm telling you that even though we may not say the, 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 the chapter and verse for what we say, uh, the wisdom, the understanding about life, the understanding about warfare, the understanding about... There, there are scriptures in here about total warfare, knowing how to deal with things in battle, what embattles you. What helps you through that? How you can live a victorious life and get victory over things just like you do getting victory over the wickedness in our community. The character of God can work in your life if you'll allow him and strengthen you. And I'm telling you, make you a supernatural cop, a great cop, a better cop than you could ever make yourself just in the natural. That's powerful. And it'll be known. And so uh, next time we'll talk about that. How do we trust yeah, but verify? Like, I think yeah. there's even a story in here about a cop, about a centurion. There is. That eventually trusted yeah. and then still verified. That's right. And found it to be true. That's exactly right. And that ultimately is what any officer wants, as you said, yep. is to get to the truth. Get to the truth. Man, this is good stuff. It I'm looking is forward good. to doing this. I'm All telling right. you it's going to be rocking the world of the profession and i hope that it touches the hearts not only of our officers but their families and hopefully the community as large that they start to see the humanity in our officers and what they're doing that truly blessed are the peacemakers yeah. for they shall be called children of god that's right matthew 5 9, nine. in and this then, book and we can say that that verse not just with a well it'd be nice not if that impersonating were true. it not, not impersonating it yeah but in the totality and in the truth of go. the words of that great verse that Jesus himself said. And I'm so grateful for you doing this. Ah, it's and, a blessing. Uh, I enjoy it. I, I love th it. I think our officers are going to get a lot it's from great it. great time. Well, let's keep it going. Thank you so much. God bless all of you. Thanks for uh, watching R&R. Uh, &R. We'll be back with the next episode. We love you. There's nothing you can do about it. God bless you.